0: Hello, hello, hello. What is up? And welcome to Humans of Magic, the show that gets up deep and personal with your favorite Magic the Gathering personalities. I'm your host, James Sue. Welcome to episode 111. Can you believe we have 111 episodes? I can't either. 111 with Joseph Johnson, aka Black Needle. Joseph is one of the most amazing magic content creators you will ever meet or talk to in your life. He runs Tabletop Jocks, which is a must-subscribe, must-follow YouTube channel featuring some awesome magic EDH, D&D, and other gameplay. Don't make the mistake of thinking that it is just for Commander because Joseph has a vision. He is a man... On a mission, and you're going to find out all about that mission today in this conversation. What's really also cool about Joseph is that he has wide ranging interests. Actually, even before Magic, Joseph grew up in Michigan, in Flint, Michigan, and has an acting background. He's actually done so much TV and film work, it's unbelievable. So when we were planning this interview, I actually told him, hey, look, Joseph, Joe, we don't actually have to talk about magic at all if you don't want to, because, you know, quite frankly, the man's life is so interesting that we don't even need to talk about magic. This is really what the ultimate humans and magic mission is, is that if the guest just wants to talk about life, philosophy, background, where they came from, hey, man. I am totally down with that. Oh yeah, almost forgot to say, he's also doing something called The Cookout, which is a way to feature African-American people of color content creators and really highlight them in the gaming slash magic community. It's a great initiative. We'll definitely get to hear him talk more about that as well in this interview. It's a wide-ranging conversation. Please enjoy my interview with Joseph Johnson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's Humans of Magic. You can find us there, both accounts, a lot of cool stuff. And today, this week, we have an exclusive preview card for Dominaria United. It'll be on Twitter. It'll be on my Instagram. Make sure you follow, subscribe, retweet, do the things. We are on all the major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. If you can generously take the time, spare one minute of your busy day, please leave a review, rating, whatever it is that those platforms can accept. Please put in a good word for us. It will go a long way. Last but not least, we have a Patreon. It will help us keep these weekly episodes going. I've actually got some big things on the horizon i should say probably as early as next month we're going to be doing some new stuff in the visual frontier if you catch my drift and the patreon will really help us take this project to the next level so patreon.com slash humans of magic you can join our exclusive discord and uh get in on the fun and festivities ask me stuff Twitter DMs, Instagram DMs are always open. If you have suggestions, feedback about the show, you can tweet at me, you can DM me. I will do my best to respond to every message. That is reasonable. So if you have guest requests, you have feedback, what did you like, what you didn't like about an episode, please let me know so I can help make the show better. All right, thanks for listening to all that let's get to the episode with joseph johnson today on humans and magic i am here with the one and only actor content creator amazing person extraordinaire joseph johnson joseph how are you doing today
1: what's going on what's going on thank you uh, first and foremost for having me on here I'm super stoked. Uh, honestly, I, uh, you know, I've been talking to my fiance about it all week, and she was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go on a little walk because I know you're gonna be hyping the house, and I ain't gonna be able to watch my TV and stuff." So let me. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, I see your uh, you and your fiance. Like, you guys are all in your. Is it the Instagram account or the Tabletop Jocks or your personal? Like, that's. It seems like you guys are very. Happy together! I'm excited for you guys. You said fiance, so I'm just wondering has has the big date been set already?
1: Not yet. Uh, we are still working through some stuff, uh, basically trying to lock down the perfect venue. The you know because we, we want to throw the like biggest P. Diddy esque kind of party <laughs> for our reception, so we got to have the money to do that. And, you know, we see seeing all these weddings on like, you know, all these like movies and shit like that. So, oh, can I cuss? Is it cool? Oh, you could that- totally do whatever you want. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. This um, is not,
0: this is not a, this is R-rated. This is not for little kids. So
1: yeah. We fair good. enough. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Well, you know, it's like, you see, you see that vision and you want to go, okay, I'm not, I'm not slacking. I want all of this to happen. So in order for that to happen, you got to have a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of resources. And so our parents aren't really helping out with it. So not not because they don't want to, but, you know, just they're just not financially able to right now. So we are taking the brunt of it. Uh, and that it, it's a lot of fucking money. So we're just like, all right, well, when we get there, we'll get there.
0: <laughs> OK, so in in your mind, like the, the blueprint, like how many people are going to be at this wedding? Like, are we talking like hundreds or thousands or because you're no. you're like one of the most well-connected people that I feel <laughs> I know in the magic
1: space. So. and other space because you're in different
0: industries so
1: yeah like honestly though i you know my circle is actually pretty small like when you really think about it my homies are i mean i can count them on my fingers and toes like that i you know that i would want to be there most of them are in the wedding party so you know like both of us don't really have a huge family we have a lot of friends Mm -hmm. uh so it probably would be like i'd say probably like 100 and maybe 105 106
0: That's a good number that's a good number yeah. so i've I've been I've been down that path and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think we had about 50 people for our destination wedding, but it was a little bit harder because we had to flew everybody to to Bali and uh, you know do all the accommodation stuff but uh I, I assume you guys are wanting to do it in LA or do you, did you want to yeah. also do a destination? okay LA
1: No, I said definitely in LA uh, her family is from from north North Carol my mom and dad can just fly over to michigan from michigan to here so it's like all right cool everybody else is already here nice nice yeah. uh
0: and by the way how much does your fiance know about all your magic stuff is she it, it, like does she did, i know she plays magic right because i've seen her seeing her in one of the videos but uh is she like into everything that you're into or is it kind of like you know this relationship where you know Let's just not talk about, you know, the X-Men or, you know, like, is it is it like completely open or what?
1: She actually does not know how to play Magic. It's hilarious because we're in the videos doing TikToks and I'll just tell her like, hey, do this and do that. And she'll be like, uh-huh. I have no idea what I just did or what I said, but I trust you. <laughs> and I'm like, just do it. It'll be funny. Go for the joke. And so, yeah, we actually have a lot of separate hobbies. She's like recently into candle making. She's also getting into acting as well. Uh, last year, my agent, uh, our agent signed her uh, commercially. So she's been going out with that. She loves doing improv. We love, you know, acting together. I think that's the one hobby that we do share. We love, you know, just getting together and and just being silly. You know, she's way funnier than I am. So if you ever want another personality on your podcast, she will kill it. <laughs> 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 all the shit about all of our, all this, all this yeah. craziness going on. Uh, But she does cosplay with me, which is dope. Yeah. So she knows that May the 4th is Star Wars Day. We will go out and cosplay. She knows I love Halloween. I just went to Comic-Con last weekend. I love that whole situation. So she's down to cosplay with me.
0: Nice, nice. Well, I got to ask, like last weekend, how was the Comic-Con?
1: Oh, my God. First Comic-Con ever. Never been to Comic-Con before. This is my first year of cons. Like, I went to MTG Vegas and then I went to Star Wars Celebration right after. And then I went to this Comic-Con. And I actually met, the guy I met, Devin, uh, I met him at Star Wars Celebration. And he ended up hooking me up. The homie hooked me up with start with, um, with the Comic-Con tickets. So it's like, I wouldn't have gone had I not gone to, like, boom, boom, boom. So it's right. like fate. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Uh, but I had a fucking blast. Like, I, I met, like, this motherfucker came out. Fucking John Wick fucking signing really shit. Keanu? Like, yeah fucking keanu came out i was like oh i was having a great time now i'm having a fucking fantastic time like yeah. so cool so down to earth like definitely want to work with him one day maybe john wick five who knows oh, uh, i was gonna <laughs> ask maybe you could just be in
0: the next next uh matrix although i guess that franchise
1: is a little different now <laughs> yeah it's you know i saw that okay look i ain't that mad about that movie like a lot of people hate in I'm one of those people who are like, oh, I get a new movie about some people that some characters that I really enjoyed right. and really liked. All right, that's cool. I'm yeah, like, yeah, It you know, yeah, Ain't everybody's cup of tea, but hey, it's more, it's more content for us. So I'll yeah. just absorb that shit. Fuck it. You know, it's like
0: uh, <laughs> Return to Ravnica, Return to the Matrix, right? It's just like a kind of like a comfortable, you know, go back to the what, what, what we like, the world, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. You know, I, you know, people, there's too many. Like, and I feel like. Also, too fandom gets a little too i don't know yeah. too precious with with shit Crazy. it's like man, let that shit go It's like if y'all ain't making it, then shut the fuck up like it's <laughs> like let the people make what they want to make and and it's not it's not your fandom if you want to create that thing, go out and be ambitious, create a thing that you want to see in the world and and let that shit ride uh, right. because it's just it's there's too much. There's too much of that in the world. There's not enough joy. We need to just like big up each other, create more shit, create more more things that we can come together on. uh, Just in general, I feel like.
0: So this is actually a really interesting topic for me because, you know, I've never been involved in making movies, but I love movies. I love like studying movies and how they're made. It's more like the, it's a craft, right? And there's a whole industry around it, obviously. And I'm just wondering, like, I think for people who are in the industry, I mean, I can't speak for you, but it feels like you guys really love doing it. And sometimes like you want to make things because it has entertainment value. It ha- It's like, it'll entertain, it'll literally entertain someone. But then there's always, th- this seems to be this outside world of, you know, fans and critics that are just like, everything has to be like, like a Shakespearean masterpiece, or it has to, it has to have a very important, like in all capital letters, reason to exist, and mm-hmm. I think sometimes people just need to kind of appreciate the fact that things are made for entertainment value, right? Not everything has to be Casablanca or something. I, I you know what I mean. Like, so I think right. I, I'm wondering, like, as an actor, how you feel about that? Because I know that maybe for actors, you also want to do things that are like challenging. You also want to do mm-hmm. things that are basically just challenging yourselves, but I mean, Mm -hmm. there's also a time and place for entertainment. So I'm curious how you think about that balance.
1: I mean, I think there is a very unique balance with, within, especially being an actor. Um, I think that the way I approach a character and, you know, no matter what it is, I'm going to have fun on set, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a Greek Shakespeare tragedy, you know, everybody's dying, getting killed to, you know, the pineapple express kind of, you know, humor, fart jokes and and anchorman and kind of stuff like that, you know, that everything that exists in between that. um, I think there's always, you know, when, no matter what, when you see someone behind the camera or behind or on stage performing there, there's a certain element to that, that I think is just so sacred. And it's like, it can't be taught. It's either you, you, you can like, you can try to like, you know, it's not like a sport where you can get better over time. It's not like, you know, when Michael Jordan first started off, he was like, eh, kind of so-so. And then he practiced and developed. Like, you can practice and develop all you fucking want. You can learn lines. You can do that. But, like, when it comes down to relating the story and telling that story and being that character and being passionate about that, that's not something that you can really, like, study on. I mean, you can study, I guess, but it's something you have to fucking feel. Like, when I'm on mm-hmm. stage, I don't think about, my lines or what was going on next i'm thinking about like i am in this character this is how i relate to this person this is the situation that's going on i am fully fucking there and Mm -hmm. you know and then when you come out of it you're just like oh shit what happened like Mm -hmm. i've had so many moments where i was on stage or on like on set and the scene that yelled action and i forgot what the fuck was going on and i was like was that even good like what what the fuck happened it's like i'm just like just like out of body
0: experience you were somebody else yeah
1: interesting so many times that you know you kind of especially when you get deep into a character but even if it's a a comedy and you transcend and you're going and you're going and you're going and you're riffing and you're you know like i had this moment with uh with louis anderson rest in peace um on the set of baskets and i walked in on set and you know you could tell his presence was just emanating throughout the entire room and he came in and he was cracking a couple jokes and he was like, what is this scene? What are we doing? What's going on? Who's your name? How'd you, how are you doing? Let's take a selfie. And I'm like, <laughs> like what the fuck is going on? Right. I was like, this is crazy. But the way that he walked into that scene and developed and just like carried that, that whole energy, um, I, was, I was under the impression that I had to run my lines exactly the way they needed to be ran. And I had never really taken a risk like that on, on a professional set. I had done this multiple times in undergrad, in grad school, and you know my friends know me for improv and just making shit up. Even my teachers would call me on it, like, "What what play is this from?" And I would just make some shit on top of my head. And they'd be like, "Yeah, who's the author? Who's this?" And I'm like, I, "You were just riffing, like you just made yeah. up a whole monologue out of your ass." But I was like too afraid to do that mm-hmm. until I met Louis. And I asked the director, I was like, "Yo, is it is it cool if I improv? Cause he he's he's going off the cuff. Can I can I roll with him?" Mm-hmm. He was like. If you can, if you can hang, I was like, "Shit, let's fucking go!" Yeah. yeah. And so we just, we just kept, we improv that whole scene, and that, that kind of like made me, it made me kind of come back to life because I had been doing these roles out here that were kind of like, kind of you know like, not I won't say stiff, but like militaristic or procedural or you know like that kind of shit. So like, it broke me out of that to be like, oh, I can. I can just like not that I wasn't having fun, but like, like, no, I can have fun now. Like I can like fuck around and like this is yeah. what they will keep. You yeah, you
0: know. Yeah. So I want to go, I want to go back to what you said, which is like, I think you're saying that the ability to act, to be an actor, mm-hmm. it can't really mm-hmm. be taught. Like it has it's sort of innate, right? Either you have it naturally mm-hmm. or you don't. Just like Michael Jordan, obviously he had training and he had great coaching, and you know, he he became better, but the fundamental core started off just he was a basketball player he's probably born a basketball mm-hmm. player or a good athlete right not so mm-hmm. good a baseball player but that's that's another story um <laughs> you know uh he tried really hard i know uh yeah like- <laughs> yeah uh you know you don't need a you don't need a 45 inch vertical to play baseball let's be honest um yeah, exactly. so when did you know when did you realize that you had that ability Like, just the ability, or maybe you can break it down. Like, what sorts of ability? Because it sounds like, to me, it sounds like actors need a lot of empathy because you need to understand, Mm. like, what another character is going through. But maybe there's other stuff, Mm. too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this is touching kind of on what you were saying about the entertainment value is that people don't realize that to make someone laugh as opposed to, and a crowd of people laugh, like, to get on board with, and having the wherewithal to know... To, to get to read the room and to understand when the joke is appropriate and the right timing for the joke and to let it go up until a certain point and then hit them with the punchline like that shit is so like it, it's easier to, to people when they're in the moment but like if you try to teach someone how to make somebody else laugh you just you got it or you don't that's just there's no way you can teach timing comedic timing or dramatic that moment of sinking into a character and just being in the moment and 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 living for the, for your scene partner, um, you know that's the one thing. I th- and I think that that you're right. Like people are born into that shit, but I think the training allows you to be more specific. Allows you to take those little specific moments and it kind of like teaches you the rules and then teaches you how to break them and when to break them and when you know uh like i said i i remember doing a uh i was iago in othello uh in in college and it got a lot of controversy because everyone was like well iago can't be black he's supposed to be a racist and i was like iago has one stanza talking about othello being black and that's to desdemona's father when he's hidden to fuck with him so that's the only time he ever brings up race in in, an entire y'all can look that shit up uh, but anyway, it was big controversy. They're like, "Oh no, no, no!" And I was like, "But I, I put that seat out there, and I was like, wouldn't it be worse if Othello had his brother had a brother hanging with him the whole time, and then ended up choosing?" the white dude over him being like, mm. Hey, you're my, you're my, you're my homie. But I was like in the trenches with you. I was in, you know what I'm saying? In wars <laughs> with your ass. I saved your life. I've done this. I've done that. And you're going to pick this motherfucker. Oh, hell no. Now I'm about like, that's, that's right. Iago. That's like, that was this all about feeling. And right. so, um, shit. There's another dimension.
0: Sorry. Let's just build yeah. on that. Like there's another dimension. And I think it's also really cool because as an actor, you're able to kind of create these new, dimensions like because because basically Mm -hmm. what you just did like in 30 seconds you you kind of broke down like this is this is a way that iago was thinking about that you may not have thought he thought about it like like Mm -hmm. that that justification or developing a character as an actor i think it's also super important and that's also a skill right because it's like how you don't i mean i'm guessing you don't like you're not born and be able to to do that but like what is it is it like life experience is it like just thinking super critically is it like training that lets you like kind of rationalize Iago's motivations in a certain way?
1: I think it's both. I think it's, I think it's life experience mixed with the training that you get as an actor because you never want to lose yourself or who you are because you as a person are you and that's it. There's no one else like you. So you lean into whatever role that you're in and you bring a little bit of yourself. You bring a little bit of your own experience. You bring a little bit of your life choices, a little bit of uh, who you've been around. And when you, even when you, put on an accent or when you put on a walk or when you put on a thing, you think about a character, you think about someone who's in your life that inspired that moment to bring about that thing in that moment and going, oh boom, I know exactly who this character is. And, and then you just run with it. And like you can pick, you can pick a Venn diagram and be like, okay, like where am I going to go with this fucking character? And then that when that thing hits you and it fucking resonates and you're like, oh well, I feel that here, here, and I don't have to fucking think about it. Boom. And you just keep going forward. Yeah. Um, almost like my, like like a samurai, just like, you just keep moving, moving forward. I've had a little bit of, a little bit of samurai training as well. So like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So like, <laughs> that's kind of how I'm very, like, you know, I set my eyes on a goal and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna move through that goal into the next thing. Um, yeah. but back to the other point, what I was saying is, um, you can't teach someone the innate nature of what, what we do is like, I was in that play. And there will be a moment, there was a moment where I had to do a soliloquy and everybody knows that the Shakespeare monologues or whatever, but I said, no, Iago is a down to earth motherfucker. He's playing these dudes. So I dropped my Shakespearean accent and I just went over to the dude in the front row. I sat next to him. I looked over at him and I gave my whole speech to him. Uh-huh. Everybody was like leaning in and crying around, and I made sure I like I, I reflected enough so that people could hear it. You—they knew they you went, were talking, I but like, I couldn't hear every word, right? Yeah, right, right. And so I was like, "Hey, man, what's what's he that says I play the villain <laughs> when this advice I give is free and honest? I mean, to thinking, indeed, the more you know." And I just went into that whole thing, and he was just like, "And at the end of the play, people were coming out and then being like, I didn't know who to fucking side with." And it, mm. when I saw Black Panther in theaters, I felt like before we saw that, I was Killmonger and Othello was, was the child. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. yes, I did yeah. exactly that. That's, that's dope. Yeah. Um, but it's just being relatable. It's being relatable to people and understanding. Mm-hmm. And like you said, having that empathy for people and knowing exactly where they come from. And, and if you come at someone on some real shit, they'll more than likely respect that or at least understand where that's coming from unless they haven't been approached with some real shit before, Mm -hmm. but that's not everybody. It's not for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. But that was not planned out. I like, they had to put the spotlight on the thing. Oh, you mean this this is the improv. This is
0: like the spur of the moment.
1: That was was a spur of the moment shit. And like, you can't teach anybody that it's just something that I felt. I didn't want to be on stage, like talking at these people. I wanted to be like, no, 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 y'all got to fucking hear yeah. me. Let me, let me, let me, let me come out to y'all. Yeah. Let's, let's see what's up. And the, the stage manager lost her shit. She's like, could you please not do that again? We won't <laughs> prepare for that. Or could you. I could just imagine her look, you? just,
0: just terrified. Like what is, what's happening? Right? Fucking
1: terrified. Yeah. Like a person in the spotlight. They were probably just like calling cues behind the stage. Like, Hey, this motherfucker is doing other shit put the spotlight on and yeah. it was, it was fine. It was, but it was cool though. It was, you know, it, it yeah. worked out, but that's the type of shit that you can't innately teach someone and shouldn't stifle it. We should all be kids. We should all look back to the, whatever makes us, you know, have that joyous experience. We're all big kids in heart. And when you lose that sense of play, that sense of, uh, you know, joy, you know, you get into your nine to five, you get bogged down and you stop playing and you think that, oh, the world's like this, and this is how things have to be, and it's like, yeah, it's to a certain extent, but as a kid, we know innately we all want to play, mm-hmm. we all want to have fun, and we all want to hang out, and when we hit that playground, essentially that's that's what it is that, that theater or that stage, or whatever you're you're good at, whatever you you follow your passions to, that's your playground, and you're you're not working anymore, you're having fun in your in your space, mm-hmm. um so yeah. How do you reconcile that
0: <laughs> that balance where to me, like the acting or the the movie industry or the whatever you call that that industry that world is like a huge machine, right? You've got agents, you've got like people who are doing the casting calls and you gotta do your script reads and you gotta like honestly just like curry favor to get that role. So there's the aspect of that. but then there's also the aspect of just extreme creativity. so it's like To me, it feels like if you want to be a creative person and you really enjoy and you love doing it, which it sounds like you do, you got to like pay the tax of being in that machine, right? Because even in that Othello play where it's like uh, you were able to do your thing, you still have to find a way to, in a way, subvert the traditional form of Shakespeare or the production itself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you see that? To me, it it seems like a very interesting dichotomy or a balance. It's
1: a very interesting dance that you have to do with yourself and with, like you said, you have to know that you're breaking the rules when you're breaking them and be very specific about breaking those rules because you can't do it so far that it's like, okay, this isn't the thing that I came to that I signed up for anymore, but finding those little moments and finding little moments in you know the big machine, the intricacies that you know and 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 asking permission and and you know for i guess for future actors, if you this is something that I learned actually during the pandemic is that it's okay to ask permission to hey, is it cool if I improv or is it hey is it I have another thing is it cool to do to do this because you yourself have have trained and and practiced and did the thing. And they already may have cast it to someone who's, you know, b- bigger num- name or whatever. And that's fine. But as long as you're having fun doing the thing, they're going to see that. and They're going to call you back or or they won't, you know, whatever, you know, you'll move on to the next. Yeah. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway from being out here in the industry is create your own shit, create, create your, own your own shit, write, write your own shit, direct your own shit, like be on set with something that you've created and and done the due diligence to go out and get all the things ready for it. And it may you may have to pull a lot of favors. You may have to meet a lot of people. And a lot of people will, you know, they'll be like, okay, well, I'll help you. I'll do the little sketch for you, you know, whatever. Um, or they'll know someone who knows someone who knows someone that can come in for a couple of hours and do a thing. But I encourage everyone to do that because then you'll know exactly all the process. You'll know how how the how everything is made um and that'll give you a better insight on okay if i want to know how to make the thing this is how i have to go and then you'll be better when you get the call for the other thing the for the big machine you'll be like oh well i know how these parts work cool and always 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 treat everybody with fucking respect don't do that diva shit don't do that i've seen it happen and motherfuckers don't work anymore and it's just <laughs> they I'm burn like, all the bridges yeah okay. so. Yeah. They burn all the bridges. It's a humbling experience for them. They leave L.A., they're distraught. And I'm like, just, you, you can't be cocky out here. You got to be, you got to love what you're doing and be humble. Um, and, 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 if, and, and this industry will find a way to sit your ass down no matter how <laughs> high you think you get, no matter how high you think you get. And, and they will find a way to sit your ass down. It'll be corrective action. Yeah. Ooh, I've seen motherfuckers get to the top and get the Icarus wings <laughs> scorched. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, damn, that fall is hard.
0: <laughs> so, so, so Joe, what's your theory on, cause you know, the way you described it, I think, I think acting is actually a really creative endeavor and it requires like inhabiting another character, understand their motivations. And dare I say, again, the E word empathy, you need to be like empathetic yeah. to other people so you can become them. Right. So how do you explain what's your theory on how, why it is that certain actors have this incredible ego, like, because that ego can sometimes be quite self-destructive in, in different mm-hmm. ways, right? It might be burning bridges. It might be other stuff. Is it is it because, like, there's some actors that are really just super talented at pretending to be somebody else and it's not about empathy? Or, like, how would you describe that? Uh, I know it's kind of a leading mm-hmm. question, but
1: yeah, I wonder if you have any that's... theories on that. Honestly. Or they're just be... so removed from
0: reality. I don't know. <laughs>
1: It could be, it could be, you know. And I'm even going to touch on this. It could be a mental health issue that they're compensating for something, or it could be a character that they're putting on. Like, you know, when you watch wrestling or WWF, there's the heel and there's the hero, Um, and that sometimes people will play the heel in real life because they're like, "Oh, okay, well, I'm getting more attention doing this." So any attention is is good attention, even though you know sometimes it's not. But I would say that. it's not that they're not empathetic. It's that they're also the, it's the people around you. It's the people around you that really kind of turn you into a person that you are. If the people around you are, are, are a bunch of yes, people and telling you, you know, blowing smoke up your ass and trying to, you know, feed into your own shit, then yeah, of course you're going to be a little more cocky, a little more like self-absorbed because you're like, Oh, well shit, everybody's telling me I'm great all the time. And that, those aren't friends. You know, yeah. if, if people find themselves surrounded by a bunch of people who won't look in your nose and say, hey man, it's a booger in your nose. You need to get that out of there. Or you walk outside and your shirt looking all funky and they're like, oh yeah, you look great. And it's like, you know, but 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 in their mind, they're laughing at you because like, oh, you look like, you know, shit. It's like, you want to get a, a, a tribe. You want to get your tribe when, when, in any endeavor, but especially in acting because you want to get people around you who aren't, just trying to party all the time who aren't just trying to sit there and and um you know the people who are motivated who want to make make things who want to create who want you to be better who want them to be better who want to introduce you to other people who are moving and shaking that's the kind of environment that you want to ultimately get in a circle of
0: right and you know you even said you just have a a handful of really good friends around you and i assumed like they have their head on straight and things like that so is it challenging to have to cultivate a group like that because i i don't i I don't actually live in la but i imagine there's always a lot of people coming up to you thinking saying they can do something for you like every like there can be a kind of like a transactional nature to to mm-hmm. life and so i'm wondering how you manage to uh you know make sure that you've got the right people around you that are that are actually you know looking out for your best interests basic basically
1: yeah well it just t- it just takes time you know it takes trial and error and also growing as a person you know that you're going to sometimes outgrow other people and that's just you know where you were five years ago is not who you are now, and if those people haven't you know climbed that mountain with you um and they're stuck back where over there it's like sometimes you got to do the hard thing and go well we are in two separate worlds now we're in two separate places i gotta let you go you know no hard feelings but if you want to i'm gonna keep going over here and then and then you may hit another fork you made another fork but that's it's growth and change in life and and once you find the people who want to grow and change with you and or i'll just like you know it's just it's just a natural thing if it naturally happens you find that crew that you're like, oh, this is this is dope. Everybody is is on board. Let's just get it.
0: Yeah. No, this is this is I find really I find this super relatable because I'm even I was actually just telling a friend the other day like I've I've lost friends over the last five ten years just naturally because mm-hmm. it's not like I pissed them off and we had an argument and it wasn't even like they were toxic and I didn't want to have toxic yeah. people in my life. I mean that has happened mm-hmm. too, but. It's, it's just kind of like, I have, the, I, I like to think like, if you, if your friends don't change a little bit over the, over the past, like five to 10 years, that probably means you're not trying hard enough in your career. Because if you're trying to make things happen in your life, then naturally speaking, you'll just figure out how to get that, you know, use a magic term. like have affinity with like people that are <laughs> like-minded and try to walk down the same, the same path. Right. So,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, same, same. I, I relate heavy on that because, yeah, I mean, especially, you know, like I said, in the last like five to six years, you know, when you hit that, like, especially after the pandemic, like, I feel like there's so many people's personalities that like shifted and changed and became other. And I, so many people, I was like, oh, shit, I don't know who the fuck you are anymore. I'm out. <laughs> it's out. okay to change but maybe it's just
0: not the compatibility is not there right
1: yeah, yeah exactly exactly
0: okay. so how do i gotta ask though how, how did the pandemic uh change you i mean i admit i'm i don't know you. i didn't know you before but like how would you describe mm-hmm. how the pandemic changed your your mindset or how you look at things
1: did it, it? it made me oh go for it
0: oh no i said did it change you
1: yeah. it it definitely did i think it it made me realize i need to step my game up Um, with that regards into because a lot of things were kind of getting in my way you know I had all these little side jobs I was doing bartending I was hosting karaoke I was doing this I was doing that you know a lot of things that were distracting me from focusing and honing in on just being an actor being a, a creative and I think that when it came time to figure shit out it was like oh I got a lot of downtime, I actually have the time to like hone in and work on my craft and make, you know, you know, figure out like where the industry is now and what do I need to, to step my game up to get to that level of, okay, I am castable at any range. Um, yeah. And it was just like a lot of, you know, taking online classes and doing like those Zoom calls, like would was classes like this that you could take improv classes because everything is through camera phone now everything is through this like this is my audition every t- every day um not every day but a lot of days like that and it's been that way since then and having to change from going into a place and getting to know people in the first like five ten minutes and then doing the audition now it's just boom here we are that's the phone go and it's yeah. like oh shit okay but I like that. It made me kind of get break out of my shell and start to create more. And with that, figuring things out that, Oh, I don't have to like bust my ass, you know, doing triples and doubles at a restaurant or whatever. I can do other things that make bread that will sustain me in my art until the next big thing.
0: That's that's great. So I'm going to actually go back in time, like quite a bit. And (laughs) I'm super curious to know, like how, I mean, obviously you're born with it, but when did you first fall in Mm -hmm. love with
1: acting? Oh man. Well, from what I remember, I think the thing that clicked with me that I was like, Oh shit, I can do that. Like every day I'd be going home from school, like from like little kid watching first Prince of Bel-Air watching, you know, uh, you know, all the, especially specifically that, that show. But there was other shows I would watch like Power Rangers and shit like that too. And I was like, oh man, I want to Power Rangers. Um, but specifically Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I resonated with his character. Mm-hmm. I resonated with um, going from where he came from into a different setting and it being like fish out of water kind of situation. But the way he handled each situation was so relatable to me. And I was like, man, if this is a career choice, if this is something I could do forever, let me set my sights on this over here. Um, but you So, have no so to be dad, specific,
0: like you saw Will Smith in the show and you're yeah. like,
1: I want to do this or I want to do something like this. Yeah, definitely. That, that's what made me, that inspired me to start to figure out if there is a path out of my current situation to get to that level. And and how do I make that happen?
0: How old were Um, you when you, when you had that sort of feeling? Wow.
1: Uh, Four ish, four or five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that just, it kind of just resonated and stayed with me uh, until and it's funny too, because my mom and dad—they'll tell you different stories about me being a baby. And you know, my dad was a wrestling coach for a while, and uh, my mom was a teacher. And they would bring me to work, and I would—the moment they let me go for a second, I went out in the middle of the crowd or middle of like the spotlight and started doing a little dance, doing a little dance or doing mm-hmm. like a little something to bring all the attention. Everybody be like, "Oh, they're clapping and shit." I don't remember that, but. Mm-hmm they were like yeah you did that any chance you could get you would go out in the middle of something and, and be the center of attention so just and, just like
0: a performer center of attention
1: yeah just like fuck it i wasn't scared um yeah. but yeah they just followed me all the way and i didn't i didn't audition to my first play until my senior year of high school and i took an improv class to kind of like figure out okay am i actually good at this mm-hmm. and the teacher was like yo you need to audition for school. I'm gonna give you some stuff. Audition for schools. And so the first audition I went out on, well, no bullshit, was for Juilliard. I okay. I went out. <laughs> this is like a movie <laughs> like, right <fucking> here. Michael, <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. Fucking like, Michael Man was sitting behind. I had no like acting training, I hadn't been in a, a play or anything like that yet. And so I did my monologues and, and they go. Okay, so your resume is kind of thin. Have you done anything? I was like, nah. They're like, they were almost like thinking, like, do you know where the fuck you are? Like, you're <laughs> you're in this like prestigious school and yeah. you haven't, but the the compliment was he was like, yo, go literally to any community college, any anywhere for yeah. a semester. Come back and 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 audition again. I guarantee you'll get it. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't realize how much praise that was at the moment. Cause I was thinking, like, all right, whatever. That's that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. on to the next. Yeah. You know, I didn't take I didn't take that like like a personal issue. I was like, all right, uh-huh. whatever, you know, more schools and more schools. There's no there's
0: no benchmark because you don't because now you know probably like they see probably a hundred yeah. kids every day, and they're like 99% 99 of them are probably really bad. They never even give them the feedback, to like just get out of here, right? So.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, all right, cool, next. You know, I'm like, hey, cool, I got feedback. That's what's up. Uh so that kind of let me know like, all right, I got, I got something going on. I just need to get, you know, some training, and, you know, to fine tune um, the, the craft because I was kind of all over the place. Um, so then I went to undergrad and went to grad school, you know, cause my undergrad was very, very tough. It was, I, I loved it. It was Western Michigan university, go Broncos. Um, and uh, you know, while we were training, there was not a teacher that ever said, good job. They were like, you can do better, okay. always.
0: So it's always the tough always love kind better. of thing.
1: Yeah, and I love that because it's, there's no there's no journey that gets to the end. You never become the master, you're always training, you're always uh, looking to climb that mountain and you see another mountain and you're like, okay, cool. I'll figure out how to get up that, but there'll be another mountain. And that's literally how I look at life. There's always going to be another challenge ahead. When you set your goals, you meet your goals, and then you see, you kind of set a whole nother list of goals and you just keep down the list. You know,
0: is that, is that something that you figured out kind of for yourself as you went along or is it kind of the values that your parents gave you or something else?
1: Probably both. I think my parents have always just kind of motivated me to be, and, they, and that's the other thing too, is that, my parents they did such a great job at having my back and having you know and being supportive and and showing love and you know they're still around too so they you know every day encouraging me but also being like hey you know you should do that you should you know you're slipping up over here you gotta you know just keeping me at you know i i made they made me get straight a's at school or else they were like well you're too distracted you got to you know, drop something if you're not gonna because you you should be able to do this and do extracurricular activities and go out with your friends and do all that. If you're not getting straight A's, hey, some something's attracting you. Let's let's take something away. So yeah. <clears throat> that was a no brainer for me. It was like good grades was just like yeah, I, I will I will ace all these tests because I want to get out and hang out with my homies. You know? Okay. um So your parents so had certain like,
0: rules for you, like you know, like oh, yeah. it's other some people some kids may have like. You know, mow the lawn, but you're like for you, it's like you gotta get straight A's if you wanna have your social activities kind of deal, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, it was that and and just um, you know, just like they, they got me involved in a lot of different, you know, different programs and um just kind of teaching me and and this goes and you know, from you know, growing up in Flint, uh, but I was a part of a, a lot of groups that, you know, were focusing on black excellence and focusing on, you know. Yes, you 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 have to do 10 times as much as the next man because they're gonna get a pass you won't. Okay. So I see. Here's how to to be better and to get ahead. And you know, even my my um my accountant, you know, he he suit all the time. He's like, Hey man, I, you it's it's about how you dress, dress for success. How you look. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just yeah. for success. It's about how you look. It's about how, you know, don't come in wearing no hoodies and then you're gonna get the eyes on you. I mean, but I'll rock a fucking hoodie. I, that's no problem. But you know, he was, but you know, like it's just I get it. I I totally understand. And it's a time and a place for everything too. Um, and I was I was taught that very very early. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it's life experiences, you know.
0: Is it is this something that your your parents also face? You know, like in their life and career, just just like having to work ten times harder than somebody else, maybe with a different ethnic background or things like that
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah oh yeah that's that's just that's just being black you know what i mean or being a minority or being you know marginalized or mm-hmm. you know or being a woman um if you're not cis white male and and born into the to the right family you're gonna have a struggle you know um mm-hmm. and even then like i know that i have a couple rich friends and they're miserable you know they they have all this baggage going on up here because they have no ambition to Mm. get to the next thing and it it pains me sometimes i'll tell them like hey man you need to do this and this and this trying to be that encouraging friend but they'll just like almost like not wanting to hear it like to the point where like they'll get like and i've let the honestly they're not really friends anymore with i kind of let them go Mm -hmm. but you know they got to the point where they were getting upset that i was motivated trying to give them motivation and i was like that's a red flag Mm. bye <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know um, Do you, you
0: mean like they're just they're just kind of in that negativity or they they just don't enjoy being almost like they don't enjoy being alive or they don't enjoy any any of what's them? yeah
1: all of that all of that honestly you know it's like you know i think i think ambition is a, is a huge thing for me um you know like that's that's a key component that i use to measure the people I want to be around, um, and that are around me, if like they lack any ambition whatsoever, I'm kind of done. Cause I I'm I'm very turned off about people who don't want something better. Where whatever their their focus is and not getting the to be the not the best, but like to keep on getting up like climbing the ladder. Yeah. That to me is like, ugh. Okay. I guess you were never. You're just
0: not wired that way.
1: Yeah. 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 I just. I'm. Yeah. Exactly. Uh And yeah. No. I feel you. Like. And I. And I've run into a lot of people who. Who kind of have that. Oh man. I don't know how to get to that point. And. And I don't honestly. You know. I'll, I'll have people hit me up and they're like, man. I'm. I'm so inspired by what you're doing and this and this. And I'm like. Man, if you are inspired by that, just wait. You hold on. I'm I'm just starting out, motherfuckers. Like I got a lot, I got a long way to go. Don't be inspired right. by this shit. But yeah, but you know, but that's that's dope. But like, I I just want to let people know. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of irons in the fire. There's a lot of shit like going mm-hmm. down. Like, stay tuned, motherfuckers. <laughs> no, I, I I
0: I I feel that. I know what you mean because I I think uh I think there might be some similarities. I don't want to I don't want to like presuppose, but personally i feel like there's not enough hours in the day you know what i mean like yes like yes it's like every day i'm wake i wake up and i'm thinking like how am i going to how am i going to make the most of this right and one mm-hmm. of the this is why i'm looking forward to talk i was looking forward to talking to you because i know this is going <laughs> to like this is my morning um fortunately for me so i know i'm going to be really jazzed after after talking to you but it's it's oh, it's yeah. like you got to get your sleep. You got to get your seven, eight hours for, mm-hmm. for me. Some people can do less sleep. I don't. I, I don't know. Can you do? Are you like eight hours a day? Or
1: I wish. I wish I could get eight hours of sleep. I think I don't, on average I'd get about maybe three and a half, four hours. <laughs> okay, so
0: you're yeah. you're you're like the the chronic hardworking type because you're trying to like squeeze everything out of your. Because if you only sleep three hours, you'll get you have 21 hours to do other stuff. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, But I, I, I think we have that similar mindset where it's like, we don't feel like there's enough hours in the day. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. like we've only hit on like 5% of the master plan of whatever thing that we want to do. So um, exactly. Patience, right. Patience is also very important because you got to just, yeah. you got to stay in the game. Like if you're, if, mm-hmm. if, if the game, if it's game over, then you can't keep playing the game. So you got to keep, you got to stay in it somehow.
1: Right. Yeah yeah, I, yeah 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 um, and I think that's another thing too is like having the patience and having the 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 fortitude the mental fortitude the physical fortitude and 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 just being happy in the space but wanting to continue down that road without it being so uh begrudgingly to your body or to your mental that you you can't move forward that that's that means you're in a bad place <laughs> you know or yeah. doing something wrong but if you're having fun and, and doing thing you're like man I'm so motivated to keep to keep moving forward, that's that's a good place to be, and just keep 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 going.
0: Have there been times in the past where you might have pushed yourself too hard, and maybe oh, maybe yeah.
1: okay. Any, any specific
0: like, examples come to mind?
1: Um, I mean, taking twenty one credit hours while pledging a frat, while being a lead in a show, and holding down two jobs. Yeah, that was a little bit much. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was, I remember that, 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 year sucked. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> taking on, just taking on little bits, taking on little bits, you know, yeah. like sometimes, but that, like never be afraid to fail either. I think that's the, the main thing is that like, if you fuck up, like learn it. Oh, okay. Let me make sure to not do that again or not do it the same way because that's now you, you know, learn, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny though, because I just learned the other week because I was listening to a, a podcast and, and I never thought about it this way. They said that you only experience stress when it's something you care about. Like if it's if something you don't care mm-hmm. about at all, you're not going to feel mm-hmm. stressed. So it, basically the point is there's some sort of accepting of the fact that if you're ever trying to do anything significant in your life, you will be stressed. So you just kind of mm-hmm. have to, uh almost like inhabit that because i'm sure we've all we've all been there so um that was kind of a wake-up thing for me because i never thought of it that way
1: yeah same yeah you know and like yeah that is crazy i never thought about it like that either i'll have to i'll have to like reflect yeah because if it's
0: like you know somebody you don't know and they their stuff got stolen. I'm not saying don't have empathy, but it's like, you know, if it's really far removed from you, you're not stressed about it. Or um if your coworker uh you know has to quit their job, you're probably not that stressed about it. Like it's it's Uh, indirect, right? But if it's Mm -hmm. something you care about, you're gonna be stressed. So it's just it's just Mm -hmm. to what degree, you know? Yeah. That's
1: interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ponder on that next time uh something like that comes up. Yeah. Because that's that's really interesting. Never thought about it like that. Cool. But
0: uh, tell me more about your parents, like, because you mentioned that your mother was a, a a big inspiration. Maybe we can start with your your mother. Like, what was she like, and you know, in what ways did she uh, she inspire you?
1: Well, that's that's crazy. Because okay, so back in the day, she was a um, she had her own talk show, and I did not know this until you know I kind of revealed to her that I wanted to be an actor. Um, she also ran a theater in Flint, <clears throat> called the McCree Theater, and you know that's when I would get up on stage and, and do the thing. Yeah. But um, she kind of let all that go when she had me, because she was like, "I want to focus on being a parent, being a good parent, being a mom." Uh, and she never really got back into the theater. Actually, she just released a, a book of poems called "This Ebony, this Ebony Tongue," uh, which you can buy on Amazon for ten dollars. plus my mom. Um, but, yeah, she's always wanted to create. And, and once I told her that, okay, hey, I want to be, you know, an actor. And so she brought out all these tapes and all these, you know, cassettes and VHSs and shit like that. And she was like, hey, I put this on tape. You know, watch this, watch that. Like, this is the work that the culmination of work that she had done in her life. She was so excited to show me because now she knew I would appreciate that because um, I want to be in the arts now. Uh, and I've always been like in the arts. I, I want to be a graphic artist for a long time. And, but sitting back and drawing on computer, it was like, fuck, this is boring as fuck. <laughs> I was just like, I was always making jokes in class and I, and I would get right. kicked out of class all the time. Cause I was like making jokes. My teacher would be like, Johnson, you are gonna have to stop making jokes and make everybody laugh. You're distracting everyone. And I'm like, I know, cause it's just boring um <laughs> but, but but yeah like she's been a huge um you know person in my life that that you know i I look up to my mom in so many ways you know um just every day just her 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 drive to be better and better and better and I'm like you know she's she' just ran a, a marathon like a couple Ooh. like a, a year and a half ago like she yeah. you know it's like it's like all this shit. I'm just like, she's always doing something. I'm like, damn, mom, you don't want to, you'll never want to sit down. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just more and more and more every day. I I can come up with something new that she's done and, or, or starting to do. It's like, damn, like at this, at her age, like who, who makes a, who's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go get my book published. No one wants to publish me. So I'm going to do it myself. I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go mom. Let's go. Like, it's just, she's just motivating me con- consistently right um and uh and yeah you know she also she she's giving that she's giving that tough love too like hey don't fly too high and you know that's something my my dad preaches he's like don't ever get too low but don't get too high either Mm -hmm. keep yourself balanced keep that yin and yang you know he comes from a a martial arts background as well that's kind of how i i got into it um because he's he's more grounded and focused in that regard, and my mom's more go play, so it's mm-hmm. like the go play, but also stay focused and be, and be balanced, you know. Yeah, um, from both of my parents.
0: So that I I, I want to know how did your parents meet? Did you did they ever tell you like because they they seem like they're from different worlds,
1: you know? Oh yeah, they definitely are. Um, my my mom okay, so my mom's originally from uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and my dad's from Raleigh, North Carolina and they both went to school. My dad went to Eastern Michigan and my mom went to U of M. And I believe the story goes that they had a mutual friend that ended up setting them up. And when my mom first met my dad, she was like, hell no. Like, I I am not about this life, no fucking way. This is not the dude for me. He's too, you know, he was driving a Porsche at the time. He was like, Joe cool, you know, I'm Joe Jr. So he's mm-hmm. senior. So he was like, OK, he's Joe cool. He thinks he's too, too hot shit, you know, um, dating as many girls as he can. She's like, nah, this is not, not do for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that allowed my father to see, oh, shit, this, this is a special one. Let me try to pursue her. <laughs> so he dropped, he dropped all the other ones and then went for my mom. And she just kept saying, nope, 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 uh-huh. nope. And then one day finally said, OK, fine, fuck it. I go on a date with you. Let's just get this shit over with. Yeah. Um, so they went on a date and, and the rest is history. Nice. <laughs> Opposites
0: can attract. and Because it, your your mom is like, uh, the way you described her, she's like highly educated and highly oh, yeah. motivated. She doesn't, she, she it, it's, I could just imagine like she wouldn't want to date someone like your dad at that time, right? I don't, you yeah. know, like it's, it's, it's not like, I don't know. Maybe she was thinking like she should be with like a professor or something like that. I don't know. Yeah.
1: yeah she's very much like by the books claire huxtable like this is the line that you walk on and that's that and my dad is fucking all over the place yeah like he is like life of the party like we'll stop and talk to fucking anyone yeah and and not even know who the fuck they are and be like they'll be like hey joe he'll be like hey and they'll have a fucking hour conversation and be like i don't know who the fuck that was and then you I'm ask me, like, who's that i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know i just talked to them they seem cool i was like god damn but like i get that from both of them you know yeah you got you got both
0: right because you got your uh uh i think you get you get the work ethic from both of them because i i I think Mm -hmm. you need to be pretty disciplined if you want to be like a martial artist or uh you said your dad also taught wrestling right so there's there's kind of discipline in both sides like from your mom's side also from from his side uh also, mm. the creativity and the show business stuff, even though you didn't know it when you were young, and all that stuff. So yeah, <laughs> very, exactly. very cool. And what was it actually like growing up in Flint? Like, uh, I'll be—I'll be honest. I don't know anything about Flint other than knowing about the Flintstones, because I, I was a huge uh, basketball fan. What was it like? Like Mo P. Mateen Cleaves. Oh, Mo P, uh, Mateen, Charlie Bell. Yeah. Is it? Is it, yeah. is it? There's there's the three of them, right? And they're like yeah. the most famous people to ever come out of Flint, at least for me. Uh, you yeah. know, you're the fourth most famous person. I'm sorry to say, <laughs>
1: uh, but what what was it like
0: to to grow up in in Flint? Like, I have no idea
1: what it's like. So, um, it was dope. It was it was dope. <laughs> it was also like fucked up and scary and weird. Actually, uh, I used to watch them play basketball when I was a kid. Oh, really? Uh, and like in like back in like the back in like the back area behind all the you know, they used to have this place called the Units. And behind yeah. the units, they had a uh, they had like a traditional hoop that you could like roll out, and I would watch them play basketball, just chilling, you know, ride my bike over there and just watch them play. So that was I was getting to see greatness before, and I thought that that was that was kind of motivated or, you know, deterred me from playing basketball. Cause I was like, well, if I can't play like that. <laughs> man, you,
0: you do I, have to play like that. If you want to, if you want to play D
1: one or you want to, you want to get into the NBA one day, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that kind of took me out of that. I was like, okay, I can't play basketball like that. So uh-huh. yeah. All is not life for me. Uh, but it was cool. Like, <laughs> and I say this because I love the places I grew up in, but, Going back on it, it was awful. It, it was not a good place for for a kid to grow up in. I mean, I got shot at for no reason. It was just, it, it was just like, I mean, just
0: just like crime or just things happening around you.
1: Crime, yeah, just bad shit going on all the time. It was just like, it it was it it was it was not the greatest environment for the way that my parents were trying to raise me. Mm the streets could have easily, like had I not had a strong will and a strong mind, and I know a lot of people don't, they get caught up in the streets and they could, like I me and that's why they call it the trap. You know, like you get fucking trapped in that, that nature and that walk of life to, you know, um, and a lot of people don't escape that. A lot of people end up in jail or dead or, and I was very fortunate to kind of bypass all that. Um, yeah. So, you know, growing up, it was for me, it wasn't rough, but looking back on it and especially after going to college and, you know, telling some stories like, oh, man, this and this and this happened. And they were like, what? Like, <laughs> that's that's the normal the for you, right? Yeah. 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 It was just like the normal, you know, like I didn't go to school. I don't think I went to school. There wasn't a week that went by that I didn't fight like physically get into a fight. Ooh. Like that's just. I can't, I, I mean, I've been in so many physical altercations in my life. I can't even think of them all. It's crazy.
0: What, 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 I mean, what, 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 what happened? Like what every week?
1: Just kids picking on you, fucking bullying you and shit. And like, I wasn't the one to let that shit happen. And mm-hmm. so I defended myself and um, you know, cause I've never, I've always stood up to bullies. I've always stood up to people who were talking to people who are less than. So like if my friends were being bullied, I would be the one to be like, fuck you and go push him and get into a fight with him. Cause I'm like, Mm. you're not going to bully my homies. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm certainly not going to let this bullshit go down. You're not going to bully me. So Mm. the only only option is to, to these hands are ready to eat for everyone. (laughs) So like, let's get, let's get it. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. So I got to, I have to assume that, you know, knowing some martial arts is probably helpful if you're, if you're getting into these altercations.
1: It was definitely helpful. It was also cheating. (laughs) because knowing knowing jujitsu and judo that that young the fights did not end very very long or they they didn't go very long it usually resulted in somebody getting tossed over and me putting them in an arm bar or some situation where you know cracked them over the head with a chair or something like that and it was like if the fight was over it was like all right cool fight's over that's that's it it's
0: pretty quick and
1: yeah yeah I mean, like Bruce Lee said, fight shouldn't last longer than than five ten seconds. Are you doing it wrong? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you do um, any
0: Bruce Lee moves or like what? what so I want to know, like, what were you what what kind of things were you trained on? Like like what like jujitsu you said and like you you just yeah just, you have a you have a is it like a black belt and something or what 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 was it for you?
1: Traditional judo and jujitsu. I did. Um, I guess I do, um, but mostly. Like CQC, like close in quarters, like the closer I am, the better. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really do a lot of striking. I don't really do a lot of you know hits. Like once I my I goes from standing to ground game, and then it should be a wrap. Like yeah. in a yeah. normal in a normal like situation, if I had to defend myself, it'd be like okay, cool, we're standing up now. We're on the ground, and now that's it. So, um, but I mean, like I haven't been in a fight in fucking years. Like okay it's yeah especially since i've been out in la like i haven't had to to have a physical altercation thank fuck because there's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot lot of talk out here there's a lot of talk talk shit okay and then once you once you get to the point where you're like okay well let's fucking do this because like you can know when someone's physical language is like i'm ready to i'm Mm. ready to throw down as opposed Mm. to like oh i'm just gonna i'm gonna be a little timid person over here and just Mm -hmm. talk shit behind my friends and get hype and you're like oh, this is a spectacle. You're doing this to like, mm-hmm. so you can go talk, talk to your friends about that. Okay. Okay, cool. Right. Cool. Right. <laughs> you know? I think like, you can
0: usually tell when you just look them in the eye, like if somebody really oh, wants yeah. to wants to fight or there'll be people mm-hmm. who are like, let's take it outside and then they just disappear. Right. And they just, they just, right. like, they do not want to actually start something, but they want to look tough. And I'll be, I'll be yeah. honest, usually a guy, right? It's usually a guy that wants to look tough oh, yeah. in front of their friends or whatever. Um mm-hmm. I always see. I always used to see these like YouTube clips. It's like you know, someone who's trained in MMA or whatever. Like there happens to be like just some drunk guy who's like trying to fight everybody, or or there is happens to be like a uh, like a grocery store robbery. Like, have you had to use it, it? use your skills in like a serious moment where it wasn't like. I guess you said you haven't had to do that recently,
1: or since moving to LA. Only, so thank goodness. Only right. once. Oh, okay. I'll take that back. Like you have only to defuse the situation, in, in a situation. Let's put it that way. In, in L.A., I was working at a spot, and I walked outside, and long story short, the guy had a broken bottle underneath his coat, Ooh. and he went for it. And I said, hey, man, put your hand down away from that coat, or else I got to break you down. And he went for it, and it was like that. And mm-hmm. I, boom, head bounced off the concrete. He was out. Lights out. Right. And my friends came over because they were like, and I just checked him. It was just like a simple check, like, all right, cool. Hey, you're good. Just yeah. be cool. Mm-hmm. And I I saw like a pool of blood form around his head. And I was like, oh my fucking God, did I kill this dude? Mm-hmm. And like the paramedic showed up. And then the, the scary part was the fucking cop showed up. And then I was like, fuck, white dude on the ground, black dude over him. Of course. Uh, you know we we all seen how that goes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um when they got there because it was a total was self-defense fucking... scenario the guy was ready to like
0: do some stuff yeah, right was, yeah.
1: he was ready to fucking you know hit me with a bottle or a broken bottle i was like the fuck so cops got there luckily you know one of the cops was i don't know i think he was I think it was maybe like he was PLC. I think he might have been like Hispanic or mm-hmm. or whatnot. And he he came up to me and he was like, "Hey, do you want to press charges?" And I was like, and I looked at him and I was like, "The fuck is going on?" <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I expected to be in fucking cuffs right now. Like I was like, "You for real?" And he uh-huh. was like, "Yeah, he's got weapons on him. You yeah. are just you right now. Yeah. So if anything, this is self-defense on to the highest degree." Like, you could have done worse and we would have been fine with it. And I'm like, well, don't say that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like, it was crazy because that that was the moment that I realized like, okay, it's it might be time to just leave that shit in the gym. You know, I, mean, I haven't had to do that since. But it that's the first time I've ever had to like really defend myself against something like that. And I didn't realize like, how I could end someone in an in an instant, like mm-hmm. that dude could have been gone, and I would have been like, I felt so fucking bad afterward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I had to defend myself, and I was like, "Damn, <clears throat> that did not feel good," you know. Like, and you watch all the movies, and you you know watch all the kickass and shit. I'm not, I'm, I'm a big fan of of action movies. Like, don't get me wrong, I love that yeah. shit. But when you have to actually physically do it, it it fucking sucks, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously something was mentally wrong with dude, mm-hmm. and that also made me feel even worse. And I was like, fuck, you know, how, how do we start to help one another? How do we get each other? How do we get to this place and how do we get each other out of this place? Cause we're all human beings in the same pool. How do we figure out how mm-hmm. can we help everyone? You know? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you're totally right about one thing. It's like, there's something going wrong with that guy. Like it's not like mm-hmm. you just decide one day I'm going to smash someone with a bottle, unless there's something seriously wrong with you. And, yeah. uh, you know the the person needs help right um but also i think it's i think it's like it's good to just know how to defend yourself like it's called self-defense it's not called self-offense you're not going out there and like (laughs) you know bruce lee and you know uh you know just going on the offensive and stuff like that um and yeah i mean yeah i mean i'm that that sounds like a really close call man that's that sounds like i mean for two reasons right one is like the what happened in the moment and what happened after when after the police him, showed like, up.
1: I was, I was whenever, and my friend, I remember at the time she was yelling at me so hard. She's like, what the fuck did you do that for? You should have just ran. And I'm like, in, in that moment, I didn't even think about running, but oh, okay. I didn't also didn't run, run, run away from what had happened. I wasn't right. trying to like not That's own true. up to it because had I been like, Oh shit, let me get the fuck out of here. Cameras everywhere. People everywhere. Everyone was, everyone saw it. It was like the yeah. middle of a crowd. So I was like, well, I'm not going to try to like, run away because then that's yeah. worse. Cause then as soon as they find me, they're like, well dude, you you didn't own up to it. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That was it was a crazy time. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I gotta I also gotta ask you, man, because uh, you know, we we've been talking a bit about like how you changed during COVID and uh you may or may not have changed during COVID and like moving to LA and uh, you know, growing up in Flint. Um mm-hmm. I gotta ask you. I'm just curious. Like yeah the whole year that BLM happened like what, mm. how did it change? Did it change you as a person? Just like your, your mentor or your mindset? Or was it kind of like, ah, uh, kind of, this is kind of sort of like the buildup. I, I don't know.
1: You know. It, it, it just reminded me of the shit that my parents had to go through when they were kind of coming up. Cause they, you know, they were, they, they, they had shit that happened to them. Cause my dad is he's half Native American, half black, but he, he appears very, very fair skinned. Mm-hmm. And then my mom is um <clears throat> her family is from Ireland originally, and they came over here and they moved in the south. So she's black and Irish. Um, so I got a lot of that going on, if if people know what that even means. Uh but yeah, when that uh that was a, that was a time. And my partner is, she's uh, Polish, she's Caucasian. And so she, she was trying her best to figure out how to navigate that, that conversation or that space or, and some days I would just be like, just mad. Just fucking mm. mad, dude. And just, just like, angry, right? I was yeah. just fucking just fucking mad. Like, how are people still like this? You know, how are people still wanting to treat people lesser than just because of the way we look? And you know, my mom really told me she was like, Look, I get it. You get to be angry, but you as a leader in this in your community, you need to be creative about this. Put that into your art. Whatever you're feeling, put that into your art. Um, and so I you know, I did go to one um uh, march, but I was so fired up, and they knew like I can get very passionate in that in in that drive to like want to lead the people in in these marches, and they were like, they're targeting people like you. you don't need to go out there and lead the march. you need to lead with your creativity Mm. and i just kept. it's almost like we need you to
0: we need you to like do something more valuable than being like the guy at the front of the march kind of right
1: yeah which is i was like fully prepared to do and like my partner didn't she she definitely did not want that my friends didn't want that they were all kind of like dude we support you we want to love you we you know but Please don't get hurt. Please don't like these cops out here. They're fucking bastards, and they will they will just they will injure you know. There's some evil fucking people out here in this world that won't hesitate to see somebody like you as a leader that wants to make change and wants to fight for your people's rights. Then they will take you out, um, mm-hmm. you know, because history repeats itself. So yeah, it was it was a uh, it was rough, and I mean it still is. You know, it resonates with me all the time. You know, every time I see you know, a movie about slavery or a movie that, you know, reminds me about, you know, like, you know, when uh, Daniel Kaluuya played Fred Hampton, you know, that was what, that was two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just seeing these images, it, it, uh, you know, sorry, I just did, I just did, you know, podcast of shit and I cried the whole fucking time. So I'm trying not to go there. Uh, But it's, it's hard to not, you know, feel that, you know, like I said, being an actor feeling is my job. Uh, and so when I see wrong done to people, it, it hurts me on a visceral level. And sometimes when people are like, well, you gotta have thick skin, you gotta have this, you know, like, fuck that. I don't like my job is to be empathetic and and be and feel. And if somebody were to tell me that my life didn't matter, when I say Black Lives Matter, and to tell me that you know I should stick to um, keep politics out of the game, and you know this is relating to the magic and shit, mm-hmm. I tell them to go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's well, right, there's a time and place, and I have a platform, and I'm going to do my damnest to let people know that's what I'm about. And if you don't like that platform, then there's a there's plenty of other places that you can go get your your source of entertainment from. Don't get it from me like yeah so yeah man <laughs> it's, it's still there it's still there
0: well i mean it's true what they say right like being apolitical is a political stance like mm-hmm. yeah i think i think um and i don't i don't want to make uh, by the way i just want to say i don't want to make any like gross assumptions on behalf of different people and and other individuals but and mm-hmm. i i didn't grow up in the u.s and i still don't live in the u.s but it's just like it's hard not to see that in the news when it happened. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. like, and of course I have friends in the U S as well, and everybody kind of processed it very differently. Um, And I also don't like the, the narrative that I saw some of it come out, which is like, there is no problem at all. Like, I think, I think real life is, is usually like there's extremes, right? Cause especially on the internet, like there's, you have to, Everything's like 11 out of 10, right? It's like, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's either you're evil or you're uh, a saint. Um, Of course, the reality is like somewhere in the middle, but I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. like that view where it's like, let's not even talk about it because like, there's absolutely nothing wrong. There is something wrong. There is something wrong. Like you can just feel that. So it's like, it's actually a weird argument to say that nothing Nothing needs to be addressed, you know, because like mm-hmm. I can see that being like maybe a talking point for some people, like because it's an extreme position and mm-hmm. it's easy to simplify the world into like there's nothing wrong. What are you talking about? Like factually, America's like the best it's ever been in since it started and things like that. I think there is a time and place for that, but it's also about it goes back to what you said about almost like timing, like it's not the right time to say that when this yeah. shit is happening like maybe mm. let's just say this like <laughs> five years later or something when things are a little different yeah. like it's really it was really surreal just like being someone i admit that doesn't live in america but seeing a lot of this the so-called discourse it was really it was really strange
1: yeah 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 i, I lost a lot of people i associated with in in that small window of time just because I saw how um like dismissive they were or like just like not even just a little aloof and not realizing that their privilege allowed them to be that way and mm-hmm. like not having like not letting it like you said being to like oh I don't want to talk about it I don't want to you know touch on this I'm like no you need to fucking talk about it you need to touch on this because I need to know if you have my fucking back in this shit and if you're silent then you're just as bad as the people who are are talking shit you know um and that yeah that was that was that was that was, that was huge for me you know and like I said it, it let me start to create in a different way and start to create for a different platform and start to make sure that when I do create I'm allowing my my black brothers and sisters I'm allowing my POC brothers and sisters I'm mm-hmm. allowing my you know, LGBTQ plus and my BIPOC, my people come through, yo, we are marginalized, especially in the nerd space. Mm -hmm. And there is a space for us. And, you know, um, that's, that's my mission statement. And Mm -hmm. I've figured out, okay, if I'm going to do this, then this is the way that I'm going to create, um, -hmm. and allow and allow us to have a voice where you can watch a billion other things on the internet that don't have our space, that's fine. The people that want to see themselves on the show, that's what we're here for. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that the, uh, the Tabletop Jocks kind of mission statement or maybe one of the mission statement of one of your projects? Maybe you can elaborate a bit on that.
1: That's definitely the mission statement of Tabletop Jocks. It was also, it started off as kind of like, the reason why the name came from um you know <laughs> i told somebody one time i was in a line for some event grabbing tickets and one of the guys it was supposed to be something like a nerdy event and just some guy behind me was like he saw me in line and he asked me he was like oh is this a line for a sports event And i was like nah i like that shit i like this shit too you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i, I didn't knew it was it wasn't coming from a place to malice but Mm -hmm. it's just kind of funny that you know you see a certain type of people and you think a certain thing and you're like oh so i thought that would be funny to be like yo tabletop jocks like we're all fucking you know sports guys like Mm -hmm. but we but we like doing their Mm -hmm. shit so Mm -hmm. um but i i i realized how little of color, there is in the nerdy space. There's like a few of us that are are doing our thing, and that that bothered me. You know, I was like, "There's so many more people that create, and this is who y'all gravitating towards." Nah, let me change this. You yeah. know, let me yeah. let me figure this out because there's so many more people who are are genuinely awesome people. just aren't given that opportunity to to create and and be in this space and i was like nah fuck that we're gonna we're gonna change this shit up let's go
0: okay so tell me a bit about uh the recent uh event that you hosted it's called the the cookout right
1: yes yes so my my since day one since january 1st it's me my my producer jay ballantyne and, and editor and you know, I love them to death. We've been homies for a minute. That's tabletop jocks. Just two of us. It's like, it's like, like fucking the Neptunes. It's like Pharrell. You got Pharrell. You got Chad. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's us. Um, <clears throat> so everything you see is literally been cultivated by both of us through, you know, this whole shit. And then we got to the point, we always had this talk about, man, I want to get as many black content creators as possible to be in a cookout episode so that we can show motherfuckers hey hey if you ever heard the expression to cookout well you're invited to peek in on what this is and it's just like it's just a it's a celebration for me going to a cookout is it was that one thing growing up where like you knew you were gonna run into the funniest shit like you you're gonna run into somebody's uncle get into it with somebody else's uncle and you're going to run into auntie talking shit. You're going to run into the, you know, like the water slot. It was like, it was like a theme park in the hood, you know, mm. but that was the cookout it was the, it was the most black excellence experience that you could have. And ever so often you get invited to the cookout and that, that meant a, a huge thing. I know there's been movies made about it and shit like that. I don't, I don't even think I watched the movie to cookout, but it's just that, <clears throat> that cultural like celebration mm. of, of, uh, of just black excellence and i was like i need to bring that to this nerdy the nerdy space mm-hmm. and for people to come together in that moment and that actually the episode airs like it will uh, i guess after this will come out it have already aired it comes out tomorrow <clears throat> tomorrow morning and you know i i felt so proud of bringing us all together and you know, I was like, yo, this is going to be an annual thing. We are going to celebrate. We are going to just, this is our space. This is what we we get to be un- unapologetically Black right mm-hmm. now and forever. So don't let anybody take that away from you in all of your nerdy spaces. Mm-hmm. Be exactly who the fuck you are. But that gave people a reason to come and, and congregate. And it's just, it was beautiful. And um, you know, <laughs> so for, for me, you know, having that, um, uh, having the ability to bring all those people together, it was just such a beautiful moment and a beautiful time. And I, that, that, that's what I'm doing this shit for, you know? Um, yeah, it was dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i
0: guess i guess uh you you had to have been there right because it's like it's always hard to ask someone <laughs> to describe like the energy it's kind of like it's kind of like how you were describing to me uh the acting you know what it was like to be in the mm-hmm. moment as iago it's like you don't mm-hmm. get that in a zoom call or like talking about it after the fact it's to be honest right like like the energy mm-hmm. of people there in the same space like you can't that's magic like you can't you can't duplicate that you know it's it's just yeah i am looking forward to the video and i have to say i actually talked to two people who two folks who were uh at the cookout uh i talked to uh michael and uh daquan you know i had to do some homework for this episode and you know i think they were also saying how much fun they had and also like just connecting and they ended up having like uh, new collab opportunities as well like just because mm-hmm. like now you're they're they're added to this kind of uh network like I think Daquan told me he actually found out he lived next close to somebody who like who he could collab with and he, he didn't have any idea that person lived nearby it's just sort of like like you're just a connector man it's just like that's 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 good stuff <laughs> you know
1: yeah I, I mean yeah like and you know as as years go by this was the first first one I want to do this every year. You know, they do the Juneteenth celebration. And I think, you know, all right, cool. The weekend after Juneteenth, we're doing the cookout episode. So everybody meet up, bring your dish. It's going down. You know, let's get a backyard. Let's do this. Yeah. So, the
0: other yeah. thing I heard, the other thing I heard was that, uh, because like for many people, I think people listening to this, and also for me, honestly, like I only see kind of your public persona right because like it's it's Mm -hmm. joe on tabletop jocks it's joe on on instagram or on social but Mm -hmm. they were telling me how like you were you got really emotional just talking to them like when they arrived like just telling talking to them about uh the the mission and why this why you wanted to do this so yeah maybe maybe you can share a bit more about that as well like just just sort of like what it means to you on a on a really like emotional level right i you know what i mean
1: Yeah, no, um, man, it, for me, representation matters so much. Um, growing up seeing, you know, being in the nerdy space and then finally seeing like Luke Cage or Black Panther or, you know, Static Shock or Miles Morales now, you know, it's like, that meant so much to me to see my heroes and see the people that could, that I could inspire, or that I was inspired by, you know, mm-hmm. Will Smith and Denzel, and you know, um, Chris Rock. <laughs> so I use both of them in the same sentence. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but to see to see the heroes that the people that you um, are inspired by that you want to gravitate towards um, that that inspired me to keep changing and keep growing and to keep putting in. You know my art out there, and, and I want to do that same thing and be that same person. Um, and when I, when I initially thought that no, oh, it's only going to be like you know three or four, maybe five people here at Max. Well, it'll grow, it'll change. You know, once people start to get around it, you know, um, it'll 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 get bigger. And you know, just everybody in the community has been so fucking dope and so awesome especially the content creators and when i saw everybody's faces and everybody light up and be excited to be there it just it just warmed my heart in in the the craziest way and i could not thank everybody more for coming out supporting and being being there full swing and just having a fucking blast and that's that's what that's what we're about you know and I hope it continues to grow. I hope it continues to inspire people to create and to establish themselves in this space because there's, we can all be, we can all win. We can all eat. You know, like I'm never going to want to not collaborate or not have somebody not eat. It's like, no, there's so much room out here for everybody to eat. It's not Mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. So when I see all my people come together like that, you know, I just, i get so excited you know Mm -hmm. because it's it's not something i get to experience and that kid inside me goes oh man this is exactly what i wanted to see when i was growing up but i would you know you go to the local game stores you don't see shit like that Mm -hmm. you go to these conventions you don't see shit like that um so when it's almost like we were kind of creating our own like blurred circle and I hope it expands and gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where we can't even have it in the backyard no more. We got we to gotta rent out, you know. You got to have a convention and, or something. And, yeah, yeah, we got to have the fucking convention. We got to have a cookout convention, um, you know, where we get together and we just, all the blurs play magic. And, you know, I'm not trying to single anyone out and be like, oh, well, there's other people too. It's like, no, but, like, you don't understand that to me, seeing me being represented in a nerdy space, that – that is, that is visceral to me. That's that's emotional to me. That 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 brings me life. That brings me to a whole nother plane. And it's exactly why I continue to do it and run into people at these conventions that are in tears and see me and they're like, dude, like, I never see anybody who looks like me and you're bringing people who look like me to the space. And I appreciate that so much and how that's affecting their lives. And it doesn't dawn on me until I get those moments. And I'm like, this is exactly why I'm
0: fucking doing this, right? You know, right? Oh, right on. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's just something really amazing about like doing something for more than yourself. Because like when you do something for a community, like there's a higher purpose, right? Because like it doesn't matter how I, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but no matter how successful you get as Joseph Johnson, that's that's you, right? I mean, you could argue that you get successful and then you can give it, you can you can use philanthropy and other ways to give back. But this whole idea of like, there's a cause that's bigger than yourself. I think that that's got to be really meaningful. I can feel that. So,
1: yeah. 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 It's, it's definitely not, it's not about, it's about the community. It's about building, it's about growing it. It's about accepting, it's about bringing more people in. It's about, Hey, come on into the party, you know, like, and I think that, you know, it's, 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 starting to grow at at such a rapid rate that i you know i'm i'm just so happy and i'm so here for it so i you know i encourage anybody who's listening reach out my dms are open reach out you know if you if you got a story if you want to rap if you want to rap to me about something that you you know get off the chest i can't say that i'll be right on it because like you said you know i want more hours in the day but anybody you know who who wants to reach out and collab fuck yeah let's get it mm-hmm. like, let's big up each other because that's that's what we're here for yeah
0: so you call you call yourself a, a blurred which is a black nerd so why do you yes. think that there are so relatively few black nerds uh in america let's just say or maybe Ooh. even in the world like what, what are the reasons for that is there like some sort of stigma I, or is it other stuff or what
1: i'm actually writing a, a pilot about that now i have a, a full show about that experience, <laughs> okay. Um, and it's because no matter, like, so be to be a nerd, like you know, you know, back in the day, it was like, oh man, you fucking nerd, like you know, get teased. No, on, I grew up in the '90s, man. Thing.
0: It was not as cool to be a nerd or a geek back then. No, but, but, yeah, not at all. It's, it's, it's normalized now, but but I mean, to it's be a black nerd now, is so different still. Except,
1: right? except for the black community. Black community don't give a fuck. They will still tease and and make you feel. Like you're not supposed to be like that. That stigma has not gone away in the black community. Um, they don't hype you up for being nerdy. And I think just this past, yeah, in, in Comic-Con, we, it was about six of us. It was like me, higher, Raw Magic Group, and a couple others that met up outside of like a hookah lounge. It turned into like a little club situation. But we took the outside like patio and we just started playing magic like fuck it all of us blurting out there's a bunch of black people in there that, the waitress was coming out oh what y'all playing you know and we normalized that shit we were like nah because people were coming out smoking being like oh shit y'all playing Yu-Gi-Oh or something like that almost like to the point where you could have taken offense and been like you know hey they're trying to be condescending but it was like no nah, no nah, no nah, we're playing fucking magic bro this shit's hype they're like wait oh all right And it's like we were so confident that we were like, no, no, no! You need to come peep this shit. Like, this shit is fucking fire. Like, and then dude, one dude opened up. He was like, man, I got a bunch of them cars at home that was sitting there. I ain't played that shit in years, bro. I was like, bro, you sitting on a fucking gold mine, bro. He's like, man, for real. He's like, this just worth bread. I'm like, bruh, bruh. Like, you need yeah. to fucking get on this shit. Like, yeah. and 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 normalizing and making it cool. Yeah. And you know, and that's like, that's another goal of mine too. Is just like, yo, this is we, we got to big up our people too. We got to make sure that we're not squashing out someone's creativity to the point where like, oh, that's just whack. You know, no, 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 no. Let the motherfucker do what they want to do. Like, let the Tiger Woods get out there. Let the more, you know, the Venus and Serena's get out there. Let, let the you know, the the computer science, nerdy geeks, blurdy geeks go out and do their fucking thing because that's how we we mm. spread the world with, with just love and affection and stop and everything doesn't have to be... And, i will i fuck with the hood hard you know what i mean like yeah. i listen to, listen to all the shit i I'm, i grew up in flint like i fuck with the hood so hard mm-hmm. but i also know that it is a trap it is is a, a a mindset that you can be feel like you you don't have an outlet other than these small these one the one or two little things that you can they can get you out of the hood there's mm-hmm. so many things that can get you out of that mm-hmm. mindset mm-hmm. you know um, and propel you for greatness so i'm, I'm sorry yeah. to
0: to invoke a, a stereotype but it's like you know you hear about how like people feel like the only way they can get out is like to be a ball player or to mm-hmm. or to like do certain and there's there's more lanes right there's more lanes mm-hmm. than, than that i way think, more I think lanes. that's that's my takeaway so
1: yeah way more lanes way more lanes never think that you know you can be a dancer you can be um, you know of a director you know jordan peele is, is showing that you can you can do horror and and yeah. in an amazing way and yeah. get out is still the scariest fucking movie i've ever seen in my goddamn life <laughs> that, that was very scary that. yeah <laughs> oh
0: my
1: god like you know oh on, a, yeah. on so many levels so you know there's so many facets to like you said there's no you don't have to stay in your lane quote unquote so to speak uh there's so many lanes and avenues that you can veer from and go in and out of uh to make your own path and make your own way and i think that a lot of black culture needs to stop perpetuating this one stereotype or these two or three stereotypes and Mm -hmm. and that's also the media hyping that mindset up and they're Mm -hmm. not really trying to hype up the other stuff because they're like well if you do like you know and i'm sure every every black person who's been ambitious and trying to go out of or step out of the lane like why are you doing that white shit over there it's like, oh my God, why has it got to be the white shit? Why, why, why are you talking like that? Why are you talking like, like like, a white person? Like, I know so many successful black people that have had that conversation happen to them or why are you trying to act white? It's like, oh my God, like, come on people. Like, let's not use that terminology. Let's say, hey, you know, you're you're on some different shit. Let's do it. I appreciate that. Allow that flower to grow. Allow the people to blossom the way they're going to blossom and don't shun people for words for not wanting to adhere to the stereotypes Mm -hmm. because that's just that's how we're going to grow as a as a a populace as a people that's how we're going to continue to grow you know right
0: i think it's also like uh i can't speak for for the african-american community i can speak for like maybe more asians but it's Mm -hmm. like it's also kind of a, a weird assumption to think that like black or asian is just like one homogenous group like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of diversity within the group, right? Just like how, you know, like yeah. for Asian, there's like Filipino, Chinese. And like, for me, like as a Chinese person that grew up in Canada versus a Chinese person that grew up in China. It's totally mm-hmm. different. And you just told me how you have a you have a diverse background too. You know, your mom's side, your, your dad's side. I talked to Michael Sinclair. You know, he's like, I think he's half Filipino. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many different, like black or Asian is not this like, homogenous blob where it's like you're expected like you have to be this if you are Mm -hmm. from this culture like you can be from this culture but still represent different things and if i talk differently from the other person who's asian it's not like i'm trying to be somebody that i'm not i'm just a product of my circumstances right like i think i think there's something about just Not apologizing for who you are, right? Because I really Mm -hmm. like the X Men. I really like fighting games. I really (laughs) like magic. Just lean into that shit, right? Because like I've all we've all been there, where like somebody at school told us like, "Man, this is you're this is so lame" or whatever. And then as you get Mm -hmm. older, you just realize like, I'm not gonna apologize for that seriously because I gotta live my life, right?
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, and be and be proud of who who the fuck you are and and the things you're bringing to the table because then you're going to end up and going back to the thing cultivating those circles of people who are your own tribe and who are around you to be ambitious and uplift you they're going to see that goal and 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 lean into that and that's those are the people you want to attract anyway you know yeah
0: yeah so let let me let me quickly touch on tabletop jocks like the aesthetic as well because this is something that i i admire greatly about um what you're doing like you had mentioned that you know tabletop jocks started in on jan 1st this year and just had a very good really solid growth in fact i was talking to other people like how did how these guys grow and and now i know it's only like two people because you're like pharrell and Chad, right (laughs) um the neptunes (laughs) Uh, you might have some collabs you might have push come in and then like people do like the features but but it's it's the two of you right right Um, uh it's 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 a collective (laughs) but it's like the 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 creative team is like two of you so that's really impressive um but i this is not a question here but i just really love the the feeling like first of all i think it's the representation part that you you touched on uh you Mm -hmm. know it's nice for someone to see like okay these people that look like this are enjoying magic to the fullest and Mm -hmm. not apologizing for anything Mm -hmm. it's also just like there's something you guys have captured which is like it's hard to articulate which is like when you're watching a tabletop jocks episode, it just looks like you're just getting like airdropped into that room. Like it feels (laughs) like you're really there. I can tell that you guys put a lot of uh, intentionality and design around like, I'm just in the room now. Right. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I think people who might be asking, like, how do they blow up? Like they don't, people don't really understand that. Like all the little details as a content creator or as a, it's every every episode's like a mini movie right cuz cuz you're talking about like one of your learnings being create something for yourself i feel like you're using all the all the muscles and juices or past experience that you have in your life and just mm-hmm. like applying it to this um to this passion project so um uh, i just want to say like i see a lot of it obviously i don't see all of it cuz i'm not the one making it but i think i think you guys have really like hit the zeitgeist or like you really touched on like something really special. Cause like, I I think, I I think it's better not to think of it as just like, Oh, it's a commander game. It's really like more than that. And it's really hard to explain that. So I I don't know, maybe you can explain that and just kind of like talk about maybe the last six, seven months, like kind of how you guys grew and a little bit more on the, on the details of that kind of thing. Cause I I see it, but I, I would love to hear from you.
1: For sure. Yeah. Like I, I've been always inspired by, you know, I, I guess I'll touch on this too. It's like, I've never I'll you know, touched on this. And when I was talking to Shivam is that like, I've never felt welcome at an LGS. I've always felt like there's been, you know, times where I have been just in weird conversations or people just don't read the room or, you know, it's like, I'm the only brother there. And I'm like, okay, I feel uncomfortable now. So I wanted to create an environment where I feel comfortable. We're going out with my friends and my homies. And we like, like I said, when we went to Comic Con last week and we created that space for ourselves and we were inviting everyone else to come along. Whoever was watching around, whoever was enjoying, like, hey, come on, like we're we're very inclusive. Like, come on in, we're fucking having a great time. So I have felt that in like the place I went to first when we first filmed at Guild Hall um when we filmed the bruise brothers uh we filmed obviously at posties um and then now we're moving on to to cash Cars unlimited we're going to shoot there uh in the next month so these these spaces have all felt like home to me like i can get in there with my family with my friends and act the fool and drink and smoke and party and do that, our that's the thing things. man it
0: feels authentic that's what i've been trying to i've, yeah. I've been trying to find the right word but it's like it feels like you could you're actually there like it's not a set you know what i mean it's not a stage yeah
1: yeah yeah no not at all and i don't want it to be that way and i know a lot of people you know we've got a lot of pushback on that but that's just that is what it is that's 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 the jam you know if you want to watch us you know do our thing like you said it's a fly on the wall kind of treatment where it's like we're gonna unapologetically be ourselves and have a fucking good time and laugh and joke and smoke and be be free and if people aren't that's that's not the vibe for it. Some people get like, oh, I'm getting distracted by this. There's a there's a, a plethora of other stuff to, to consume on the internet. This is what we're doing, and we're doing it unap- unapologetically. So yeah. it's what it is. Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> do, do you have any learnings you can share about, like, you know, maybe... Because um, in the outside world, it looks like it's just a straight line of, like, growth, right? But, and, and, uh-huh. and you know, getting more subscriptions and followers and popularity, but... Are there, are there like ups and downs or learnings you've had, like just producing tabletop jocks over the last six, seven months?
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's always room to grow and knowing that, you know, um, for for us, like I said, for two people kind of coming together and being like, Hey, let's put this thing together. You know, it's not going to be easy, you know, and also my partner, Jay, he's used to operating on a very high budget you know he works on dear white people he works on he works on a lot of different like industry standard shows that have millions of dollars pumped into it on a daily yeah. basis yeah so coming back from this having to be creative and being like okay well we're just starting off how do we make this look way better and sound way better uh, than our budget is you know is is curating because like if you look at the money we've spent versus how it looks it looks and feels as if it should be on a different level. So we get a lot of critiques about, oh well, I can't watch this because you're not doing this, you're not doing that, or you guys need to do this and not do that. But I think that's a compliment to how we have structured it and made it look as if it should be, you know, the utmost quality. When we're like, we don't have a fucking million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I wish we did, uh, yeah. but we're we're doing the best that we can with what we have, and we are definitely learning the the gambit of what we can do every month uh i think in june we got you know mo- a, a lot of different people reaching out being like hey i want to support tabletop jocks how can i what can i do uh, many worlds tavern reach out moxfield and um bell of all souls mm-hmm. you know and the way i like to do ads if somebody wants to reach out is that i try to take my expertise which is you know we we're 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 actors. He's a, a, a director. Um, I'm a writer. He's a you know editor. So like we take all those elements together and go, here's our audience. How do we not alienate them, but bring them into a product that we believe in that is good for our brand, but also we're good for their brand. How do we make this seem like, Oh, I don't want to just be this talking head, giving you information. But I also want to entertain while doing that. Mm -hmm. and you know julie jumped on board she's like oh i can be this character and then we just made it a thing we made it into like a nice little thing so somebody wants to sponsor us in the future to go well these are our little ads this is what we do to like you know have fun with that so it was it's just been really cool to like learn about ourselves over time and kind of establish oh oh we like this about ourselves like at the beginning it wasn't this oh hey i'm black needle welcome to and everyone tabletop jocks that that grew over time with the show. Yeah. It was like that's not something I planned out. And you know, each each episode is different. You know, when I have uh my man, you know, Vinny Andrew Dismukes uh, at the table, he's an improv legend. He's on fucking Saturday Night Live, and, and you got, you know, but when he's in like coward mode, he's a different dismukes. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta kind of bring it out of him, like, hey man, get out of your head, let's 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 fool you yeah. know um
0: so there's some direction there just, too right you gotta yeah
1: yeah well there's always like or just bring out the best of those of people there. yeah bring out the best of the people get them out of their shells get them out of their heads you know we're just having a good time doesn't matter if we make a mistake or not and that's the thing too Is like yeah we're gonna make mistakes who fucking cares you know it's just mm-hmm. people playing magic we're not it's it's commander you know if we're playing it's magic. okay so if it's you like, missed
0: Letho like two turns ago i know i know that's what yeah, the comments exactly. say but it's about having a good time yeah. right yeah Yeah,
1: we're just we're just having a good time we're having fun that's the that's the main thing is to focus on the gathering not the magic a lot of a lot of people are you know mad at you know we're not focusing on the magic just too much cross chatter too much cross talk hey you know what if you came and hung out with us while we play magic this is how we play magic. So you might not want to play magic. <laughs> I,
0: honestly, that's like how 99% of groups play magic. Like it's, yeah. it's not really about just magic. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know what sort of like uh twilight zone people are when they're like, yeah, I'm just there just to play magic. <laughs> like I, I don't, unless you're playing with like three other AIs or, uh,
1: robots yeah, or something. exactly this yeah is like boring as shit i'd be like man you this, this is just uh, focus on the gameplay i'm like yeah that would be like uh that would be <laughs> like a parody episode
0: where like you do a tabletop jocks where it's like all all machines and it's like yeah, it's exactly. just the, the game's over in like 30 seconds right because somebody found right, a kill. Be like, <laughs> yep, and be like,
1: all right and i will do this and be like all right cool this is what you wanted to see now we're gonna do our own thing all right, yeah. cool. Just <laughs> do like the 30 second version of what they want to see make fun of them and then be like all right now we're gonna now we're gonna get to the real shit yeah so so i, I this yeah. is
0: really interesting to me too is like because you're you're working with jay and every every creative duel has you know it's a team right it has do you guys have creative differences like how do you guys work in things out how do you guys work together because he's more like the the person behind the scenes right so
1: yeah yeah he definitely loves the behind the scenes thing i think the only creative difference is i want to get his ass in front of the camera and he's like hell to the fuck <laughs> i finally did it i finally fucking did it oh, in did? last okay. ad I, dad, okay. I, I got his ass in front of our i was like hey man we gotta make this ad i was like we don't have enough people he's like well are there any other actors that you can call i was like there's you and he's like man i don't know if i could i was like yes you fucking can i was like you you got this shit dog i was like yeah. just say a line or two you're yeah. fine and so we ended yeah. up making it and it was it was hilarious so
0: yeah okay um sorry <laughs> interruption. oh no you're good you're uh, good no no no, yeah, you're yeah. good you're good so um yeah actually why don't why don't we uh why don't we talk about why don't we do a rapid fire around the the q a because i've got a list okay. of curated questions we just go blow through them is that all right boom That's let right let's let's get it all right first one what deck have you always been trying? This is from Travis Norman. What deck have you always been okay. trying to build, but never got around to doing, to building it? Oh,
1: man, that's a good question because because you got like ten different decks a,
0: that you want to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: there's like there's always decks that I'm building. There's always decks that I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm shifting around and making um, the deck that I want to build is the. Uh, Probably have to say like and I kind of built it, but then I took it apart. But I wanted to build a deck where it had nothing but um blurs, like nothing but African American looking people in the entire deck. It was just like very like of Forever kind of themed. And I let that idea go and I kind of built it and then I kinda let it go. And I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. So I want to come back to that. I want to come back to that and then that and make that a deck, a really special deck. Uh, just cause you know, I I see the characters in Magic a lot, and I and like I said, representation matters. that inspires me. I would maybe I would make that deck so good, and be like, "Fuck, that's that's the you don't, don't want to play it that, that deck will fuck you up." Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. yeah, I wanna wanna work on what kind of forever deck. So uh, I know
0: that you've been playing the is it the Samit Samit deck uh, for a very long time.
1: Uh, can you do that through
0: yep. that deck? I guess it's uh, is it red green or
1: What's the colors? Red, green, white. Yeah, red, green, red white. green, white. I could do that. I could do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I probably could. Um, through that, just make I, and any excuse to make another Samad deck. Uh, sign me up. <laughs> 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 I'll, okay, I'll do that in a heartbeat.
0: What's your optimal food and drink pairing with magic? I guess I'll add to that, which is like, have you actually used the optimal food and drink pairing in recording?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, optimal food and drink. So it'd be something that I don't have to touch physically. I could I'd fork it. I mean, White Claw is definitely like White Claw tequila. definitely drinks a choice. Okay. Um, but I'd say food wise, lately it's been canes. Canes, chicken fingers are the shit. And that is something that you can fork it, dip it, boom. Doesn't get on your cars. You know, to I touch it. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's or chopsticks. Chopsticks are always, you know, if you don't have a fork, get some chopsticks. Right. Uh so yeah, that would be my jam right now.
0: Cool. All right, next question. The last commander you played in the deck is now attacking your house. There's one card from the other 99 cards that's able to come to your defense while the commander is attacking your house. Who is attacking? What is your defense? And do you stand a chance?
1: <laughs> Shit. The last deck i just played was Ginny Faye. And Ginny
0: Faye is attacking your house. Okay. Jenny Faye and is one attacking. Of the, my house. One of the cards in the deck can come to your defense. And
1: I would say, yes, I'm we're gonna be all right. Because Jenny Fay, as many cats and dogs she makes, we got a crater hook behemoth. It's gonna step out and be like, yeah, I got this big ass frog this is gonna i mean don't let peter hear this but like we just gonna we just gonna stomp all over (laughs) animal and animal violence all right yeah we're gonna yeah exactly animal animal (laughs) okay
0: okay next question i had a question here about angels i know i know from listening to your other interviews that uh you're you're into angels you collect all the angels but um let me expand this question to be more open-ended um okay if you could design an mtg card what kind of card would you design?
1: Hmm.
0: So it doesn't have to be That's an NGO Interesting related. question.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. If I could design any any MTG card, I would design a commander that first and foremost could not be countered. So okay. straight. You don't up. like
0: blue, right?
1: <laughs> I don't like. I don't like. I don't like blue. I don't mess around with blue. So can be countered. Has haste. Um. And an ability, like like a built-in ability, like a like a kind of like a toolbox kind of ability. Like, hey, if you tap if you tap white in a one, you get this. If you tap black and 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 do this, you get this. So it's like an, a mixture of things that I like to do in magic. I love tokens. Uh, I love tutoring up creatures. Um, uh, maybe like a kill spell because I don't really run that many kill spells in my deck so maybe having it on one creature will be like okay i got it all in in one little toolbox right um yeah so that would be something i would i would definitely work with wizards to be like yo let's get it
0: so just the toolbox uh commander that does everything just the one of the best commanders in the game (laughs) can
1: be be countered you know come through hit you three it's like a seven seven four seven four for two mana
0: and has every ability
1: yeah, yes. you know, but but if you but if you uh if you if you ha- if it's out for longer than two turns, then you lose the game. That there, mm. there we go. It'll be like okay. it'll be like that one red spell where it's like, so you got to end the game quick, but it's it's broken.
0: Oh, like you lose the <laughs> next turn or in two turns. Okay.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: <laughs> so I'm gonna add a question. What is your favorite angel of all time?
1: A chroma. A chroma. A chroma uh Original Chroma Wrath, Wrath. Well, actually, I like the rare one too. I just say the lore of Chroma is just dope. I think Chroma is. I need that that and okay. I will double back to the other question. I need to I need to build my mono white Chroma deck somehow. Okay. I can okay. make that work. Okay, but White <laughs> is not a thing. She costs like eight to come out. So <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe for funsies.
1: Um yeah. But, okay. Next question. Chrome with like sort of engine slaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: my next question for you is um it's really interesting watching you play commander but I have a sense that you're actually very much like a spike. So what's it like to be a a spike or a CEDH player in an EDH world? What is what is that like?
1: It depends. Like it's it's like I really do love basically like coming out the gate and just winning right off the bat and like, hey, let's shuffle it up, let's do it again. Um, but I feel like to tone that back, sometimes I restrict myself when I'm deck building. I'll take certain things out or I'll take certain feel bad cards that could potentially make someone go, oh, this game sucks, or rule zeroing uh making sure that that people feel good about it but i think you know in general i think it's i think it's kind of fun to to restrict myself sometimes and be like man i can play this play but i'm not gonna do it because the table gonna be mad they're gonna be mad at me because i'm gonna blow up all the lands <laughs> so it's sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to hold back but for the most part as long as everybody's having fun i'm i'm, I'm with it
0: okay okay um yeah. I gotta ask about your your Twitter handle, uh, Black Needle, which I think is an awesome name. Um, <laughs> the question here is: Is Magneto your favorite X Men character? Like, who who? What's your favorite X Men character? Just tell me.
1: One thousand percent, hands down. Magneto is. It, Magneto was right. I mean, if you, if there's a whole <laughs> shrine of Magneto. There's. I got the helmet here. I got. You know, it's like I yeah. I, I ain't playing around when I say I'm. I am a fan of Magneto. This is, you know, this is my jam. Right. Um, so, can you yeah, Can Magneto, you hold that I up say-
0: again? Can you hold the, the camera to where I'm just take a screenshot right here? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, got I got it. I got it. So why why is Magneto your, uh, why is he your favorite X-Men character?
1: I think because he, his leadership involved a lot of passion. And I think that that, I resonate with that a lot as well. I think he, you know, has had a lot of bumps on the road along the way. But I think he means well. I think he's fighting for everyone's rights and for, for mutant rights. And for um, and the same way that you know the, the Black Lives Matter situation came up, you know, fighting for to be heard and to be equal. And I think that's what he ultimately desires. Is to I am trying to live in this world where I need to be treated equal. And we're all good. Until then, I'm going to fight until that happens.
0: Nice. Nice. And
1: he's like, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. And y'all know what happens if we do it the hard way when you Magneto. So, <laughs>
0: is there any way that you, is, is that is that like your dream? Would you would you ever want to play Magneto in a, in an X-Men movie or something like that?
1: Yes. And also to counter that, I would love to play Cyclops as well. Why people Cyclops. hate on Cyclops? Why? Cause, cause because because
0: he seems like a traditionally kind of boring character, right? He just it's just you know love triangle with him he, and Wolverine and Jean Grey, and that's he just has a beam shoot out of his eyes, and that's pretty much it, right? He
1: he's so complicated. His his family history, just the way that he it's almost like saying Superman is boring, and I and I had to get over this because Superman is boring on the outside but when you look at all the things that he does it's like he could save those people over there but but superman needs to save everyone and that's his whole thing it's like oh and i feel like cyclops has that same complex it's like we don't need to get the mission right but we need to get the mission perfectly and we need to do this and make sure no casualties and make sure this and make sure that while also like motivating all the people around me and leading the x-men and that's that's a fucking hard task Mm -hmm. um and i think that that would be a challenging feat to make cyclops interesting right on yeah Yeah. this just
0: this just shows how out of my depth is because like i only just like read a few comics i watched like the saturday morning x-men cartoon and there's so (laughs) much depth in here because like what you're saying is like first of all the stuff about cyclops is really awesome because it's like he's a leader he has he has a lot on his shoulders but also the magneto thing is really interesting to me because it's like every villain, if you really want to play the villain correctly, every villain has their reasons, right? It's like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're like the most evil person in the world or people think you are, like Magneto has his motivations. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's really cool that you, you you touched on it. That's all. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Magneto was right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. Last question for you, sir. Uh, do mm-hmm. you have any advice for first-time content creators?
1: do what you love exactly the way you want to do it and you'll figure it out from there. But the people around you will, will motivate you and will guide you the way that you need to do it. But you got to make sure that you're having fun. If you're having fun with your content, that's all that fucking matters.
0: Right on. All right, Joseph, thank you so much for taking the time today. It was uh, really a pleasure and I hope
1: you have a great rest of the, the evening over there in LA. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you for starting your morning off. Um, thank you for having me. Um, for everyone who's listening, please subscribe, like, comment, uh, hit up tabletop jocks. If you really, really want to get down um with the support, hit up at Patreon. Uh we also we play spell table games. We do um a lot of one-shots in our Discord. It's growing, there's a thriving community there. Lots of cool ass people joining in every single day. Um, and I, I take a lot of time out of my day to make sure that I talk to my community every single day. So um, unless I'm on vacation or out of town, I'm I'm in my Discord, you know, hollering at everybody. So it's not it's not a myth like, oh, you will play Magic. Oh, you, know, you will play Magic with me. We will get down. We'll have some fun. We'll play some tips at EDH and we'll have a good time.
0: <laughs> right on. Awesome. I love that. Uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time.
1: Thank you. Thank, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I can't wait to hear. I can't wait for people to see this or hear it. It's going to be dope.
0: <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Humans of Magic. To support the show, visit humansofmagic.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at humansofmagic and you can also consider supporting us at patreon.com/humansofmagic thanks for listening and we'll see you next time